praise you, Lord God. We praise you, Lord. Praise God. We magnify you. Jesus is Lord. Jesus, Jesus. Glory to your name. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, for all you do. Thank you, Lord, for being more than enough. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much, God. Holy Ghost, thank you. Holy Ghost, thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Lord God. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Holy Spirit, guide the way, guide the way. Holy God. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Mighty God, mighty God. Mighty God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's go ahead and dismiss our children tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. And then let's let's just begin to pray in the spirit tonight. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. We're praying out God's plans, his purposes in Jesus name. Brasha kabata kamasi kilere kito. Hana mataka brata kohusha. Hara bateke brase kibata kabohushe. Hara bateke brata kohushe. Hasile tese keta kohusho. Hora bataka bataka bohushe. Aya bataka bohushe. Aba bohusa kabrata kohuse. Aya bataka bohusha. Hara bataka bataka bohuse. Hara bataka bohuse. Hala bataka bataka bohuse. Kebrete, keboteke, bataka bohuse. Hana mataka bohuse. Aba bahasa kabrata kohuse. O se le teke brate. O mama mamiti kibote. Kela taka taka brata kabahasha. Haba bahasha kabrate. O mime shaka bote kisele teke teke brete. Heba bote kibata kabata kabohusha. Ara bohusha kabrata kohusha. Ayabata kabate kibrote kibuse. Haba bote kibrate kemata kabohushe. Hala bata kabata kabo. O mama sheke zele. Zele teke brata kabahasha, o teke buse kibrata kohusho, hana mataka bohusha kabrate, o teke bate kibote kibushe, haya bate kibrate kibohuso, o libete kibute kibabahasha, haya bate kibrate kibataka hose, haya bataka bohusha, asa kabrate kibote kibushe. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God.
Hallelujah. Melissa, come up and pray it. Pray out in English what you believe the Spirit wants us to ask for. Stand up and declare the word. Stand on the things that you have been told. Look neither to the left nor the right, but look straight ahead. Look for a break, a break in the clouds. Look for the path. The path will be paved in front of you. Follow the path. Wow, that's so good. So good. Thank you. Thank you. I believe that was hallelujah. Anybody else want to do that? Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Well, that was special. Hallelujah. Praise God. Look for a break in the clouds. Whew. Thank you, Lord. Well, everybody greet somebody tonight. Thank you, Lord. I hope that was Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to continue our series tonight on hosting the presence of God. And this is, uh, we're on uh, the, second, the second lesson in hosting the presence of God. And um, we saw the video for the second lesson last week, so we'll just uh, briefly go over what we covered last week, and then we'll cover some new ground. But the second lesson on hosting the presence of God is called Your Significance in His Presence. And uh, we studied and listened to the video last week about how that it's vital that we recognize that we have a significance as believers and that we are filled with His presence, we are filled with His nature, we minister in and from His presence, we are priests unto God, we, re, we minister directly to him in his presence. Uh, that's, that's a wonderful thing to know. You know, there are whole, there's a whole denomination that thinks you have to get to God through a priest. Hallelujah. But we are the priest. Hallelujah. And so we can go directly to God for ourselves. That doesn't mean we, doesn't, we don't pray for one another. We don't need ministers. It just means that we don't have to have a, a go-between between us and God. Um, and then last um, week, we covered uh, number one under your, your significance in His presence was that God's answer is you. God's answer in the earth is you. And so let's turn to Exodus 2 and look at those scriptures again. God's answer is you. Sometimes we feel very insignificant, and in and of ourselves, I guess we are. We're just one in several billion rattling around on this planet. But because of His presence within us, we have great significance in the earth. And because of that presence of God within us, we are His answer uh, in the earth. Exodus chapter 2, verse 24. I'm talking instead of turning. So Exodus 2, verse 24 and 25 says, uh, 
And God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect unto them. Can you, can you turn this down just a little bit? It's a little hot. And uh, so um, God's answer to the cries of the Jewish people who were in bondage, his answer to their cries was Moses. And one thing we found out last week, that when God's people cry out for answers, they cry out for revival, they cry out to be set free, God, God's answer is nearly always a man. God does sometimes do things sovereignly in the earth, but mostly he chooses to use a man. So even when we pray and we say, God, we have to have an answer, sometimes uh, we're just not listening. God sends somebody to us instead of actually maybe telling us himself. Because a lot of times when we get to that place where we're desperate for an answer, well, uh, we're not hearing too well. So, you know, you can be in a place where your emotions get involved. You can be in a place where, where, where maybe, you know, none of us are completely submitted to God so that the desires of our heart are totally pure. And if you don't believe that, just go down to uh, Barclay tomorrow and smell that new car smell. And you will find out that your desires are not totally submitted to God. Now, you know, Praise God. Or maybe it's something else for you. Maybe you want to go to Belk and smell leather purses or something, <laughs> you know, or uh, go to the jewelry store and look at diamond rings, but you will find out that you can get stuff stirred up in you. It's pretty easy, actually, isn't it? And, um, <laughs> yeah, the, so anyway, um, because of that, and because our soul is involved um, in a lot of things, we'll, um, sometimes God uses another person or a man or someone to say something to us because our, our desires are not totally, even though we pray and we say, Lord, I submit to you, not my will, but your will be done. I want what you want. And truly, we do want what what he wants but sometimes still there's things inside of us maybe it's emotion maybe it's something from the past that makes us afraid of something or whatever something inside of us sometimes will pull us away from God's perfect will so it's not always as easy to hear for ourselves and so that's why you know uh, he will sometimes use a, a man and so God's answer God's answer is you. You are God's answer for somebody. Tomorrow, you are God's answer for somebody. Whether it's just somebody that needs a hug, just needs to know that they're loved, whether it's somebody that needs a phone call and a word of encouragement, we are all to be in that ministry of encouragement and to be uh, exhorters. If somebody needs to be exhorted, maybe somebody, there could be somebody very desperate that you're, you're, you're going to run into tomorrow. You're God's answer for somebody. All of us are. All of us are. We're, you know, even maybe it's just we're God's wisdom that they need a word. They need some wisdom and something we say. Hallelujah is, uh, is the answer for them. So uh, God usually answers with a man. Let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 5. I can't remember reading this scripture last week, so if it, it may be new. Second Samuel chapter 5, verse 1. 
says, Then came all the tribes of Israel to David unto Hebron and spake. Are y'all, y'all aren't there yet? Okay, I'll wait a minute. We'll start at one again. Then came all the tribes of Israel to David unto Hebron and spake, saying, Behold, we are thy bone and thy flesh. Also in time past, when Saul was king over us, thou wast he that ledest out and broughtest in Israel. And the Lord said to thee, Thou shalt feed my people Israel, and thou shalt be a captain over Israel. So all the elders of Israel came to the king of he to the king to the king to Hebron, and King David made a league with them in Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. And David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 40 years. And it talks about how long he reigned over Judah and how long he reigned over Jerusalem and, and Judah. But uh, God, when the people cried out, God's answer to them was, was David. David was the answer for God's people. And we could just go through the Bible, and we could find all sorts of people who were, when they cried out, when they needed help, God, when they were in bondage to the Midianites, he um he 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 used Gideon Gideon and then you or you could just you could just look at the 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 Deborah the judge and Barak and and uh, Samson and uh when God's people cry out for help God sends a man or he sends a woman he sends usually help in the form of a person then the second thing we found out last week is that we have received the privilege of being face-to-face with God. And if we go over to Deuteronomy chapter 34, we looked at this scripture last week. We have received the privilege, hallelujah, of being face-to-face with God. 34, hallelujah, 34.10. And there, uh, there arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew face-to-face. And uh, we uh, can look at this scripture. We decided last week we could look at it three ways. We can look backwards at it, and we can make a memorial and talk about how what a wonderful man Moses was. And we can teach Sunday school lessons on Moses and the Ten Commandments and how he, you know, he went face to face with God. Or and that and and that relegates it to the past. In other words, he was a special man. Nobody could ever do that again. And uh, or we can push it to the future, and we can say, okay, Moses did it, but one day, someday, in the sweet by and by, when we go over to the other side, uh, we're going to come face to face with God. I know one of my favorite songs has always been Sandy Patty, We Shall Behold Him. I think that is one of the most anointed songs, but the truth is, and we shall behold him. Praise God, we're going to behold a lot of things. But the truth is, we can be beholding him a lot more, even on this side and right now. Then we, we don't have to wait. We don't have to wait. Let's go over to Hebrews 10. Hebrews chapter 10. We're in a new covenant now. And uh, under the old covenant, Moses was a special person. That didn't just happen to everybody. It just, you know, it wasn't the norm. It wasn't normal. But now we're under a new covenant. And if you look at Hebrews 10, verse 19, it says, uh, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest, enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, 
which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. Hallelujah. So uh, through the blood of Jesus, we go right in, right in to the holy of holies, where the presence of God is. We, and, and we get to behold him. We get to look upon him. Hallelujah. Then number three, and this is new tonight. Now we're, we're getting to the third point under we have significance in his presence. And number three is don't get a big head. Hallelujah. Don't get a big head. Turn to Exodus chapter 6. Exodus chapter 6 verse 2. And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty. But by my name Jehovah was I not known to them. By my name Jehovah was I not known to them. So he, God revealed himself to Moses as the Lord and as uh, Jehovah. He was, uh, and uh, even more so did he reveal himself to Moses than he even did to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Um, but here's the point. No Old Testament person ever, ever, ever experienced the Lord as we have. You may not think you have had a very big experience with the Lord, but if you're born again in His, and you have the Holy Spirit within you, you have Christ within you, then you are experiencing the Lord at a higher level than any Old Testament person ever did. You're already you're already ahead. Hallelujah. No one, ev- no one had an indwelling presence. No one in the old covenant had an indwelling presence. And let's go over to 1 John chapter 2. No one, not one person. In fact, do you remember uh, when it says, Jesus said that the least person in the kingdom of God was greater than John the Baptist, who was the greatest. Of, he said John the Baptist was the greatest of all the prophets. That means greater than Moses, greater than Isaiah, greater than all the prophets. And he said the least person in the kingdom of God was greater than John the Baptist. And the reason for that is not because of what we've done, but because we have Jesus inside of us. We have Christ within us. And no Old Testament person ever, the, even the disciples, when they walked with Jesus, because he had not yet been to the cross, they were, they were under the Old Covenant. Jesus ministered under the Old Covenant. And so, hallelujah. Praise God. First uh, John uh, chapter, I'm getting there. Y'all are there. First John chapter 2. I promise I'm getting there. First John chapter 2, verse 20. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. I just wanted to point that out. You have, a, you, you have something on the inside of you, and you know all things. Now, with your head, you don't know. But you know every situation that you're up against, every problem that you have, you already know the answer. You know where you know it? In your spirit. You know all things already. Somebody asks you a question, you know the answer. It, it's just learning to tap into this man and to live out of this man instead of living out of our head. Because we're trained by our, from a young age 
by our, you know, especially if we don't have parents that teach us that you need to listen to your spirit, you need to listen to your heart, and that's something good we can teach our children. And I know these teachers are teaching them that, teaching them to listen to their heart, obey their heart, obey what the Holy Ghost says within them. And the Holy Ghost don't speak to your head. He speaks to your, it's kind of down in here. Now, it comes up, and you have the thought, but it's, it originates here. And so, and then verse, let's read another verse uh, on that one. Let's see. Um, let's read verse 27. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. So you have received an anointing from him, and it's called the abiding anointing. You have the abiding anointing. There's an anointing that can come upon you for ministry, but you always have the abiding anointing. You never are without it. And the anointing within you can answer your questions. That's what he's talking about. He's not saying you don't need a teacher. He's not saying we don't have teachers in the church that teach us. He's saying when you need an answer, you've got that abiding anointing on the inside of you, and you don't need a man. A lot of times we think, oh, you know, I need a man. And, and you know, it's okay to, to go and, and counsel with people and the multitudes of counselors, their safety. And we know that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, we get confirmation. But uh, if, you, if you don't have that, that's okay too because you've got the Holy Ghost. You've got the abiding anointing and the answer is within you and you don't have to be, you know, hallelujah. And I'm thankful for the body of Christ and the, the confirmations that we've had. Uh, but, you know, when, you know, the truth is whatever decision that is made, you've got to... You're going to have to live with it. So you need to also listen to your heart, not just depend on what other, you know, what other men have to say to you should be a confirmation, should be a help, should be a, but it shouldn't be, uh, well, you know, uh, somebody told me to do this. Hallelujah. Somebody told me if I'd sow a thousand dollars, I'd get healed. Well, that should be your heart telling you that, not somebody on TV you know, telling you that. And it might be sometimes that God says to do something, to release faith is only reason. We don't have to pay for our healing or earn our healing, but we do release faith. So anyway, uh, <clears throat> no one in the old covenant ever had access to the throne room. Hebrews 4.16. Did you know that in the old covenant that, and I know you know this, but I'm going to remind you of it, okay? Uh, some of you might not know it, but when when a old covenant person that lived righteously and lived for God died, they didn't go to heaven. They were they were sent to what Jesus talked about it in the Gospels. They were sent to what's called Abraham's bosom, and uh, they were literally in a holding tank. And in that holding tank. Uh, they were kept, and then the Bible says in Ephesians that when Jesus died on the cross, when after he arose, that he descended into the bowels of the earth, and he preached to those old covenant people that had lived righteously, but there's only one way to heaven, and that is Jesus. 
and him crucified. And so God, because they had lived righteously, they had lived for God, he put them in Abraham's bosom. They could see over into uh, the other side when it were it wasn't so good, you know. And remember where uh, he said, uh, anyway, he was at the one on the other side that was parched and dry was asking for water, and they could see over there, but they couldn't help him. Do y'all 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 read your Bible, don't you? Okay. <laughs> anyway, that's in there. I promise. And so they were sent there, and God Jesus went. He descended in the bowels of the earth. He preached, and he led captivity captive. Bill talked about this last week, and he brought them up with him, and some of them came out of the grave and did a little tour with Jesus. The graves opened. In, in, not every grave, but in and while Jesus was walking the earth before he went on and went to heaven, you know, when he was while that little interim period where he said, uh, "Don't touch me, because I have not yet ascended to my Father." Well, that's when the Old Testament saints were few of them were walking around and they were seen in the streets of Jerusalem. I bet that was freaking some people out, don't y'all? <laughs> Hallelujah. I started to bring, I was going through some pictures today and I found one of pastor dressed like Moses. I should have, I started to bring it. <laughs> Let's show that to y'all. That would have been good. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, Jesus uh so they they didn't get to go to heaven until we until the till man was born again, hallelujah. Until Jesus went to the cross, people didn't get to go into the throne room. But look at four sixteen, Hebrews. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You can march right in to the throne room to the very presence of God. You don't have to, you just march right in. Hallelujah. Stand before God. Hallelujah. Did you know that Moses, as great as he was, and we admire him and everything, he had to be hid in the cleft of the rock for God to pass by, and yet you walk right in and stand before God in the very throne room. Now, this is, this is a spiritual thing. This is not natural. You have to do it by faith, Hallelujah. You, you have to just by faith walk in and just walk right in there. And I'm standing there before you, God, and I see that throne. I see it with my eyes of faith. I see it with, you know, I haven't literally seen it, but I see it with the eyes of faith. And I don't know every detail, but, you know, I can see that. But Moses had to be hidden in the cleft of the rock for the presence of God to come by him. And all he could see was God's hinder parts, it says. And uh, that's what it says. <laughs> so we know that much about God, don't we? Um, and he had to be hid, but you, you can go right there. And the Old Testament saints, they, they got glimpses of what we have, and they longed for what we have. The Bible tells us that in Hebrews, that the prophets longed to see our day. Because they got a few glimpses. Do you ever get glimpses of things? God gives us glimpses sometimes. Glimpses of heaven. Glimpses of things in the spirit. Hallelujah. So it's easy to be settled and comfortable with what we have. 
We just get used to it. You know, sometimes you don't even know you have anything special because you're so used to it. You're so used to the Holy Spirit within. You're so used to the anointing. You're so used to the presence of God on us that we don't have anything. We don't know it's special. But some, but you can go sometimes. There's places that are called churches that you could go and there wouldn't be any presence there and you'd be able to tell a difference. There's Christians you can go around that say they're Christians, and maybe they are, I don't know, but you can go around them, but you don't sense what you sense when you get with one of us and anybody in this room, and there's something on us, and we get so used to it, though, that it'd be easy for us to get comfortable and to settle with what we have. But what we have inside of us is meant to stir us up to be hungry and for us to pursue salvation is just the beginning baptism of the holy spirit speaking in tongues that's just a, another beginning we're supposed to be pursuing all the time a greater a deeper relationship with god to know him more to to see him better uh the bible says to pray paul said he paul prayed in ephesians he said i i pray that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened that she may know he it, it's it's like god i need to see more so that i can know more and and paul prayed that that we would see things better and we would know these things of the spirit um so we're, it's meant to stir us to hunger. We're supposed to experience as much as possible on this side before we get to heaven. And there's a lot possible. We hadn't even started experiencing what God has for us to experience. I mean, we can even watch on video people experiencing things that we've not experienced. We've just watched them experience it. So there's much more. And they, they haven't experienced and God's willing, and He is able, and uh, He's waiting on us to have pursuing hearts. Uh, here's something we need to remember, that life in the kingdom is very vast. The kingdom of God is vast. It's huge. It's large. It's infinite. It's infinite. There's no time. There's no, and it's just, it's beyond. Heaven is huge. Hallelujah. And there are no limits uh, for the believer in what we can experience in God's presence. The only limit is us. And that could be fear or whatever. I know Brother Hagin, I've heard him say that he used to get over there so far in the spirit. Sometimes he'd get scared. And like, get scared you can't get back. And so it's like, let's get back. Let's get back. I'm going to get back on this side because I might get so far over there that I'd be like Enoch. I'd get translated. Uh, so God's kingdom is massive. And here's what uh, Brother Moss said to us one day. He said, the spirit realm is more developed than people realize. You know, sometimes we, we just have this very simple and uh, we don't see very far. Like probably until recently, Maybe in the last five years, when you thought of an angel, you could only think of one kind of angel, and it was some picture you saw or something of some angel. And this angel had was white, had white feathery wings, and, you know, maybe curly. They always seem like they have curly blonde hair, you know, and uh, had a little harp. 
And that might have been the only kind of angel. But there are myriads of different kinds of angels. Things I had, things we've never heard of. And when Pastor Moss said to us that he prayed for a lady here in Tuscaloosa and sickness-eating angels came and sucked the disease out of her, I was like, okay, there's, there's somewhere I hadn't uh you know been before and he, i said i never heard of that and he says oh i've had that happen a lot of times i'm like praise god i'm all about it but you know there are and i've seen a, i one time i had a i was in god's presence and i saw a just a huge i can't even imagine a field of angels and they they had wings and they kind of had them folded kind of down in front of them like this and they kind of had their heads bowed and what i heard the lord say about those angels was they have they've been created but they hadn't even gotten to their assignment yet they're just standing there in that field waiting for probably thousands of years it's not even time for them to do what they were created to do and that is that's pretty amazing Hallelujah. Um, so all of this is far more developed than we realize. Earth, uh, heaven is, is a, a lot like earth, only perfect. I know one lady wrote a book about heaven, and she's been there a bunch of times. I, kinda, I have a witness to it in my heart. And she said uh, uh, she saw there was one of the things God uses her is he's used her many times to He'll give God will give her a name and a phone number, a name and a phone number, and she will call somebody that she doesn't even know and tell them, "I saw your relative in heaven, and this is what and and they were with their grandfather and they were eating something, and it's like, oh my Lord, you didn't know, but but that is exactly what they used to do, and you know it just God uses her to heal broken hearts from people that have already that's one of the ways he uses her, so some little girl had died very young, and uh God uh showed her her and her uncle, grandfather, somebody brother, I don't know who she is with some relative, and they are at an amusement park with a roller coaster in heaven. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, whatever, whatever, hallelujah. You know, it's not just, what do you think we're going to do up there? You know, if you, I guess, and there is a lot of worship, and they say that heaven just pulsates with worship and so forth, but I, I got to get off of that. But anyway, so it's, it is about worshiping God. It is about his presence. His presence is everywhere, but I don't think, I think we get, we kind of have a God's an old fuddy-dud. And I think that's why people are so afraid to die. It's because I don't want to quit living life. Well, you're just going to get to really start living life when you get up there. It's going to be a lot more fun than you think. There's going to, I know, I ain't a horse. Didn't see a dog, but I hear they're there. I hear they're, they're there. As long as they're not barking. Uh, that'll be fine. I won't mind them if they don't bark and they don't poop and that that'll be <laughs> that'll that'll take hallelujah they'll be glorified won't they they'll have they'll be glorified just like we will hallelujah okay so um uh god wants to reveal things to us just like that he wants to reveal things to us because he wants to have new levels of relationship with us 
And also, uh, how much we encounter God determines what we can offer people. You know, sometimes there's just no comfort for people, and God has to do something supernatural like show this woman in heaven and who doesn't even know you. And she calls you up on the phone says, I saw your daughter in heaven or something. Because God doesn't want people hurting down here and grieving down here and just inconsolable. He wants to help people. He wants to help people. And so the more we encounter God, the more we will have to offer people. I, don't you want more to offer hurting people? I ask you, do you want more to offer honey, hurting people? Well, then pursue God more is what we have to do. And then number four, God's presence is supernatural. I think we forget this sometimes, but every time the presence of God comes into our service or you sense the presence of God, it's supernatural. And supernatural things happen in His presence. Even things sometimes we don't see, like hearts that are broken getting healed. And uh, let's look at Exodus 19, verse 6. Bill made this point last week. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. So a kingdom of priests. It wasn't God's will that only the Levites... We know that the tribe of Levi were the ones that were priests and got to enter into the presence of God. But that was not God's will. He wanted the whole nation of Israel to be priests unto him. But they turned him down. They said, oh, no. Oh, no. We don't want to go up on that smoking mountain where it's, you know, that's spooky looking. And, and that's what a lot of people do today. The presence of God and they, you know, those people over there, they're just too spooky. Um and so uh, God wants us to desire these things. And we will see more when we desire more and when he knows it's not going to freak us out. God doesn't want to, to, to kill a church because everybody left because Goldust showed up, you know. So w when we get where we can handle it, we'll, I'm, I'm sure we'll experience things that we hadn't even thought of. First uh, Peter two nine. Let's look there. So anyway, this kingdom of priests thing, kingdom of priests, it was fulfilled in Jesus or through Jesus. First Peter two nine, and it says, "But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. We are now a royal priesthood, a holy nation." A peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. If that's not one of the best scriptures. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. He is not talking to Israel here. He's talking to us, the church. A holy nation. You're a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And you know what? They're going to think we're peculiar. Anita and I talked about that last night. How they're going to think. I'm telling you, the minute you start saying something like, well, we went to prayer on Monday night. It doesn't take much for them to think you're weird. Just, uh, we went to prayer on Monday night because who goes to prayer on Monday night? You know, well, we had soaking prayer at our church. 
Well, you are a weirdo. You know, it doesn't take much. And then you say, they say, well, I've got a backache. You say, well, let's pray about that. And it's like, okay. I mean, I know there's some people here and, you know, and everything that's, they had a Pentecostal grandmother and all that kind of stuff. But, but there are, you are set apart. You are peculiar. It changes everything. It changes fellowship. Has anybody noticed that, that maybe, they don't really want to be friends with you because just your light, your glory brings brings them into a, I don't know. Hallelujah. But love wins. Love wins. So we just keep loving. You know, their first reaction may be you're peculiar. And they may still think you're peculiar, but nobody doesn't like being loved. So love wins. Another fact under God's presence is supernatural is priests minister in the presence of God. David received a revelation when he was out tending the sheep. And the revelation was this, that God responds to the praises of his people by releasing his presence. God responds to the praises of his people by releasing his presence. The devil is terrified of worshiping people. The nature of the word worship is demands all. It's hard to be, you You got to put your whole heart into it. Gloria Copeland, I heard her said one, say one time that anything you do for God that you don't put your heart into, it just doesn't count. And that's pretty much true. If you give and you're not putting your heart into it, if you tithe, your heart's not in it, it doesn't count. It it doesn't get the same reward. It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't catch hold. It doesn't, and that's the way praise and worship is. If you're there and you're distracted and you're thinking about, that's why I say if you need to sit down, sit down. Because it's better to sit down and focus on God and get your whole heart in to stand there and think about how bad your feet hurt. Because if you're talking about how bad your feet hurt, you're not worshiping God. You're thinking about your feet <laughs> and and sometimes people come from work and things don't feel good and you need to sit down and get your heart focused on God because it's the heart connection that counts it's not the posture although you know we do stand up to honor and we do bow down to honor but uh all in all it's mostly where the heart connects isn't it um a person that gives it all in worship is a threat to darkness Say this with me. Say, I'm all in. You know, we don't want to be halfway Christians in anything. We want to get all in, our whole heart. The Bible says that you love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your might. That's, that's, what he, that's it, that we give it all. I'm all of yours, Lord, spirit, soul, and body. Take my life. Do with it what you will. Now, he'll take you up on that. This kind of worshiper is not looking to do the bare minimum, not punching the God clock. In other words, well, I came to church. Somebody told Pastor one, di- that one time, I think it's a long time ago, that, uh, well, I fulfilled my Sunday obligation. <laughs> so that was interesting. Anyway, God um, wants our heart to be in it. And he doesn't want, you know, there's whole denomination. I could name it, but I won't. You don't go to church on Sunday, you're going to go to hell. I'd like to preach that some. Just a little bit. Just a little. No, I'm just kidding. 
I'm really just kidding. No, because then you have people that are just going through motions. Their heart's not in it. God wants us to do it because our heart's in it. Amen. He wants us to be excited about coming to church because of, here's why Pastor and I are always excited about coming to church. Not because we're not tired sometimes. Not because we don't, boy, sometimes we don't feel like it. The flesh is, we got that stuff too. We got flesh and it cries and it whines and it don't feel good sometimes and all that kind of stuff. But we always want to know what God's going to do. We always are excited about what's God going to do today. That's what, what keeps us, that's what keeps us going. That's what keeps our, our heart in it. You know, it's like my flesh may be crying, but my heart's to be there. And I don't want to, I'm, you know, I don't want to miss anything. Um, uh, when we worship with all of us, his presence comes. We are changed to be, when his presence comes, we're changed. We, the more we're in his presence, we're, the more we become like Jesus. And it's not something, it's, it's like, you know, I don't even know what he says to do, but uh, Andrew Womack has a set of CDs called Effortless Change. Well, this is Effortless Change too. You worship God, you adore him and the problems you have are had and who you you begin to change your desires begin to change the what you wanted to do old habits that old soap opera you wanted to watch you don't want to watch it you just get bored with it it's just it's not like you go oh this is evil i've got to quit watching it and i'm going to discipline myself it's no it's like that is so stupid that is so boring you know because you've tasted something better. You've tasted something more glorious. And so worship is the key. Psalm 22, 3. This is where David found the key. Psalm 22, 3. And I like that kind of change because I've tried the other kind when I tried to make myself do things. And I just, I have about this much willpower. I do. I just have, I have zero willpower. You got to, it's got to be a God thing for me to do just about anything i know maybe some I, I i am admire some of you that have got this strong willpower but hallelujah when i when god was passing out willpower i was standing behind the door <laughs> y'all have heard that old saying you hadn't heard that i used to hear that all the time you know god passing out good looks i you was standing behind the door <laughs> i'm just kidding it was uh but they always used to go around a lot. Psalm 22, 3. But thou art holy, thou, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. So David got a revelation that God's presence come, that God inhabits praise. God put me on a thing of lifestyle praise back in May or April, May or something in the spring. And just praising God and taking time every day, just spending not just a few minutes, but, you know, and uh, it it uh, it unlocks things. It 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 changes things. It it changes you. And and one thing that God has done through this, I guess it was because of the praise, but just God totally changed all the desires of my heart. Things that I used to, it's just like things I used to want. I have no desire for before. You know, so hallelujah, I'm on the praise lifestyle uh, kick. And I don't always do good at it. Sometimes I don't, it's like I have days where I 
didn't get that accomplished. But it's my goal and it's my heart. And I really want to do it. Hallelujah. So when God's presence comes, his indwelling presence, his indwelling presence inside of us collides with the manifest presence and we have the atmosphere of heaven and then things change things change in us things change in our service when the when the manifest presence of god comes in and collides with the indwelling presence that we all have within us then we have healings that just happen without people praying for it uh people are delivered um people are restored uh without prayer hallelujah Acts 16.22. So this should be our goal is to have the, the manifest presence come in our services because we know we have the indwelling presence. And so we're all contributors to that. Every person is a contributor to the manifest presence coming. And the songs we sing, you know, Kenny and I discussed that. That is a very big contributor to what to whether the presence of God comes. I can tell you the Holy Ghost likes some songs and some songs he don't like so much. And you got to, it's kind of a, it's a lot of work figuring out which ones those are. But I, we just watch for the anointing in the service. And if the anointing comes, you pretty much know the Holy Ghost likes it. And uh, Acts 16, 22. So the wor words to songs make a difference. And we've been doing that for years where we, we don't sing anything that's not right. Uh, and the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison. That must be like deep within solitary or something and made their feet fast in the stocks and at midnight paul and silas prayed and sang praises unto god and god inhabits the praises of his people and when indwelling presence meets with manifest presence and the prisoners heard them and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loose Hallelujah. So if you get thrown in the deep inner prison, and sometimes that's not a literal thing, but that can be something where you're just having, you're just having a horrible day, and you know, well, praise the God inhabits the praises of His people, and atmospheres can be changed. Amen. Number five, under this your significance in his presence and this is the last one is develop a reputation for his presence we need to choose carefully what we want to be remembered for what do we want to be remembered for exodus 33 we keep going over here to exodus don't we exodus 33 13 now, therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way that I may know thee, that I might find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. 
For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And so here Moses is saying, God, uh, we, we need your presence with us because me and all your people, we want to be known as the people who have the presence of God with them. And uh, that's where we are. That's where we need to be, is being known as a carrier of the presence of God. If we were known as a carrier of the presence of God, would that not distinguish us from everyone else on earth? I mean, we think of, you think about that, the people that have been known as presence carriers or as... Uh, yeah. It's, it's an amazing les legacy. And so we need to think about what will our legacy be. And we need to think about also what is our reputation now? What are we known for? Uh, you know, we might be known as being very moral or something. But even a higher place to be known is because sometimes you can actually have messed that up. Maybe, <laughs> did you, especially if you live in a little town, they don't forget you know, what you did when you were a teenager. They all remember real clearly when you messed up and what you did and, and who did what. And um, so, but there's something we can be known for that even goes beyond our morality or, or how we lived in the past. And that is that right now we are carriers of the presence of God. So what's our reputation now? What legacy do we want to leave? If we pursue wrong things or if we pr pursue unworthy things or if we pursue lower things. I know my grandfather now, he used to say, and this is not worthy, I don't think. He used to say, I want my I want people, when I leave, when I die, I want people to say, poor old Doyle Newcomb, he worked himself to death. Because he thought that hard work made you, gave you, that gave him value, hard work. And so, um, but he didn't get to work himself. In other words, he wanted to work, be working so hard he just fell over. But that's not what happened. And so when he, he was a rancher, and he got to the point he couldn't climb up on a horse. Now, he has a horse in heaven because I saw it. But, but he got to the point he couldn't climb up on a horse. And did you know he just was, he was not a happy camper. For the rest of the time, it was just like he couldn't get on his horse. And it just wasn't a happy thing. So, or do we want to know, have you ever heard of somebody being, having a, a funeral and it was Alabama football. Well, you know, do you want a legacy of that? For that's what you're known for? Or have you ever heard of somebody getting their golf club buried in their cat, putting their casket with them? I have. You know, I've heard about that. And it's like, I, we, we need to set our goals higher than the world does and have a better legacy and be known for something besides uh, as much as we're fans but we don't want to be known for Alabama football we're we don't want to be known for we want to be known as uh we carry the anointing boy if you need to get healed you call that you call those people you call that place uh they'll pray for you hallelujah I know when we had angel food 
we kind of got the reputation as a church. If you're in hard times, call them. They'll help you. Well, that's okay, but I still, I don't think that's the highest either to be known for. You know, the Salvation Army's known for that. The the Red Cross is known for that. Let's have, our, our goal should be that we are known for the presence of God. So developing a reputation uh, of his presence. Uh, sometimes we kind of feel unqualified for that, but... God is, um, he is, uh, he's a specialist at using unqualified people. If you read about the people in the Old Testament, he always went for the unqualified. And even, he always, you know, Heidi says, go low, go low, go low and slow is what she says, but go low. If you think about it, Jesus always went low. He could have been born in a palace. God could have chose, but God chose. He did, it wasn't an accident that he was born in a stable. He, God chose to bring his son from a low place. Yeah, he always chose people that were unqualified, people that messed up, people that he, you know, if you, you can read the lineage of Jesus Christ and Rahab the harlot, is in the lineage of Jesus Christ. I mean, you know, it's it's amazing. It's just amazing who God uses. And you think about um, the people that you think about William Branham, and he was just like very country, Kentucky, backwoods, illiterate people. These people were very poor and here god raises up this healing minister that in the 40s that is just amazing what happened Catherine coolman they say she wasn't a great bible teacher you know a lot of these weren't william branham he wasn't a great bible teacher there's he wasn't they aren't orators uh, Catherine coolman had a gravelly kind of voice you can listen to her on uh, youtube still and uh, she uh, kind of gravelly, and she wasn't a singer, and she's certainly not a beauty. If you've ever seen a picture of her, it wasn't because of beauty. And uh, but God, she chooses these people that are are nobodies. I think sometimes about that where River Church is concerned. It's like we've been having the, we've had some marvelous, marvelous prophecies even in this year. Uh, and about what God's going to do as far as healing and the river that's that's started flowing here, and it's just a. And I'm like, God, you couldn't have picked out any church that looks like less, or but God, that's how God works. That's how God operates. That's what He likes to do. And it's not about who looks the best and who's the who's the handsomest, and it's not about who all who all who has perfect. You know, the ministry of helps is all perfect, and it's not about the steeple. It's not about chimes. It's not about the collar on the preacher uh, or the tie. It's not even about the tie. It's about who hosts God's presence well. And so our question, will we be the one? Will you be the one? 
Will River Church be the one? And I say yes, we'll be the one. We will, we will be, we will do it, Lord. We will host your presence. That's what He's asked us to do: is host the move of God in Alabama. Could He have chose? You know, there are some big and mighty churches in Alabama, but that's the vision He gave us: host a move of God in Alabama. Thank you, Lord. Pastor, come up and do something. I finished with that. Now we'll go to lesson three next week. Praise God. That's what y'all are saying. Here my sin me. That's how you got born again. You didn't get great and cleaned up and all right and say, okay, now I come to God. You came to him just like you were, and he made you who you are. And that's, that's how this is going to work. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. There are some marvelous things happening right now in your life. Marvelous rivers flowing through us. Marvelous. From the outside, you couldn't tell there was a drop of moisture in the air. And there are marvelous rivers flowing through us. But you got to put on your heart to see them, or you wouldn't ever pick it up. Lord Jesus, we praise you tonight. We glorify your great name. You are great and greatly to be praised. Inhabit the praises of your people at River Church. Lord. Let us be a praise before you. Let us be a savior in your nostrils. Let us be a sound that pleases you. Lord, we humble ourselves. We come boldly to the throne of grace, but we come in Jesus. And Lord, we come in his greatness, in his righteousness, in his holiness. Thank you, Lord, for receiving us. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, don't discount the move of God because he's going to have the last word in this whole thing. We're receiving our midweek tithes and offerings, so if you're giving tonight, Joey's always got an envelope. You've never caught Joey again without an envelope. Praise the Lord. have some financial miracles before this year is out. Let's go ahead and just believe God. Jesus, Lord Jesus, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Lord, we put on liberty, we put on freedom, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to your mercy you have saved us. We give you the glory in advance, Lord, for delivering us from bondage and, Lord, fulfilling your will in our life. We hold up this offering, Lord. We release this seed. We plant honor before our eyes and give you the praise for every good thing now in our lives and that which yet will be performed. To you be praised in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.
Amen. Anything else? Anybody got something? Praise God. Well, we baptized Sunday night. What a glorious thing that was. That was fun. I think there's a glow on Anita and Eric. I mean on Andrew and on uh, Terry. But um, the pool turned to ice the next day, so it's over. Hallelujah. Amen. See you Sunday. We'll pray for you. Anybody need prayer tonight? Make sure you don't leave without that.